You're listening to the Morning Buzz. To the Morning Buzz. To the Morning Buzz. The Morning Buzz on 90.3. 90.3. 90.3. 90.3 WMSC. WMSC. WMSC Upper Montclair. Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Good morning, good morning, people of Earth and beyond. My name is Jazz, and you are tuning into 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. I hope you are having a great morning. I'm having a fantastic morning. Here with me, I have my sidekick, my partner in crime, true and true, Miss Tara. Hello, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm all right. I'm I'm excited for the show today. It's gonna it's gonna be an interesting one. I'm 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 very excited for this. We have a weird sloth of stories, but we um, do. And there's also like there's important stuff like underneath all of them. So I'm excited. Yes, yes, yes. Um. But yeah, we have some exciting stuff for you today. Um, but first up, we're going to have our very, very lovely newscaster, Mary, tell us some people's going on this morning. Hey guys. Um, so today in local news, Governor Murphy signed the bill stating that diversity and inclusion must be incorporated into every New Jersey school um, education plan. The bill will focus on diversity and will include economic, gender, uh, sexual orientation, and race. The 600 plus districts will receive sample activities and resources to put use for their upcoming 2021-2022 school year. The goal for the bill is to promote tolerance and respect for all instilling values students will take with them beyond graduation. In Connecticut, a small porcelain bowl that was bought for $35 at a yard sale turns out to be a rare 15th century Chinese artifact that's worth up to $500,000. The white bowl decorated with blue paintings of flowers is one of only seven uh, known to exist. Experts confirmed that the bowl dated back to the 1400 stating, quote, all the characteristics and hallmarks are there that identify as a product of the early Ming period, end quote. How the bowl ended up in Connecticut is a mystery and will be up for auction March 17th. Today in weather, it will be partly cloudy with a high of 50 and a low of 29 with a 1% chance of precipitation. Today we'll have a 50% chance of humidity, a sunset at 5.51 and a cool night. And that concludes the news update for March 3rd. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so much. And we are going to go to sports right now with Matt. Good morning. How are you? Morning. So strap in. We've got a lot of Montclair sports news because it's spring and every single sport is going to be played at some point this semester. So yesterday, the women's volleyball season kicked off for the Red Hawks, and they lost three sets to one, but will look to bounce back tomorrow at home against New Jersey City University. We'll be seeing a swim meet for the men's and women's team happening on Friday. The men's basketball team faces off against William Patterson on Friday, and the women's basketball team takes on Rutgers Camden on Friday. A lot of action going on Friday. And we also get our first look at women's lacrosse, as they'll be facing Immaculate University on Saturday. In professional sports in the NFL, J.J. Watt, former Houston Texan, signed a two-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. In the MLB, the Mets won yesterday against the Astros, and the Yankees won against the Orioles. Today, the Mets will be facing off against the Cardinals, and the Yankees will play the Blue Jays. In the NBA, the Knicks' three-game win streak came to an end as he lost by 26 to the San Antonio Spurs. The Nets will be playing today against James Harden's former team, the Houston Rockets. And in the NHL, we saw the Rangers loss yesterday to the Sabres and the Devils lost to the Islanders. We'll see the Rangers and the Devils play each other tomorrow at 7. 
And today in sports history, you ready for this one? Bill Shoemaker, not sure if you ever heard of him, but in 1985, get this, he became the first jockey to win $100 million. All right, let's send it back to you guys. Facts. Very fun That's facts. Thank wild. you, That's wild. That's wild. Also, I wish the New Jersey Devils fandom a very pleasant morning. Hello. Yes. How are you? Uh I we I could deal with the loss to the Islanders. They're not they're not uh they're not um they're not the enemy they're not the true enemy. Tonight we'll get to see some I'm interested. I keep trying <laughs> to tell y'all Tara is a Jersey girl to the heart. Yeah, I'm, I'm predictable if nothing else. Um, uh, how's the weather like on your end? Because yesterday it was whoa. Yeah. But today it's just Whoa. You the know, wind like, yesterday Whoa. was breezy. Um, today, it's it's chilly right now. It's 32 on the dot, going up to 52 and down to... I like how the temperature is... I love when the weather weather.com does this. The temperature it's recording now is lower than what it says the low for the day is going to be. So right now it's saying it's going to go down to 34 degrees, but outside it's 32. Don't you just so, love like physics? cold is, is it physics cold that's really what it is mm-hmm. um how about but, by you um it's pretty much the same uh, ordeal um i knew it was really cold when i woke up this morning so that's how i usually test my things so. right you, you get some air and like it tells you what you need to know about the day <laughs> the air and the, the ambiance of the room is like all right so the vibe. I know how to prepare myself exactly. Yeah, fair enough. Do this thing, but you ready to jump right on into it? Because we have a jam-packed day today. We do, and it, and an interesting day. You know, this this is the stuff in um these stories. I think you know it's 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 a lot, but there's stuff to unpack in all of them. So let's start with this. Has been making the rounds on social media. A lot, but this article is from APNews.com. Six Dr. Seuss books won't be published for racist images. Six Dr. Seuss <gasps> books, right? Yes. Six Dr. Seuss books, including, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, and if I ran the zoo, will stop being published because of racist and insensitive imagery. The business that preserves and protects the author's legacy said uh, last Tuesday. It's this has, by the way, been buzzing around the internet since then. These books portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. Dr. Seuss Enterprises told the Associated Press. Ceasing sales of these books is only part of our commitment and our broader plan to ensure Dr. Seuss Enterprise catalog remains, uh, represents and supports all communities and families. Other books affected are Miguel Elliott's Pool, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. What are off the bat? What are your thoughts about this? Um, I don't think it's necessary. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think it's very unnecessary. Um, it's like it's gonna. I'm like people. And when I saw the shock outrage, I'm like, Dr. Seuss was a white man born in the 1900s. It's kind of like, even if it wasn't intentional, it's like, what did you expect? You know, 100%. like you are the product. You're the product of your time. Like, unless there's those very people who were like born and knew okay this is wrong 
but that's very select few. Like to think I saw it on, I'm reading an article right now um, from AP News. It's like, to, and to think I saw it on Morbury. She actually haven't heard of that book. And I was a Dr. Seuss fanatic growing up. Same. It's like, you know, we have a person of Asian descent wearing a, con- a conical hat, holding chopsticks and eating from a bowl. Like that's just Asian racism one-on-one. And then if I ran in the zoo, come on. Like, we know the history of, of um, Black Africans in zoos. Like that's not nothing new. So it's, it's all, you know, Tara and I were talking about this yesterday. It's all performative. It's like, you're right. not giving the people what they're actually asking for. So you can say, oh, but we did this for you. And it's like, but I didn't ask for that. Right. And that's, that's, ex- that's exactly it. And I kind of like, I wanted to make sure we were clear on like the bigger picture of what's going on here. This at best is a tiny, mildly good thing, right? Like at best. This is, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's coming from a place that like, you know, nobody really asked, you know, nobody, nobody really asked for, nobody's out in the streets protesting for, you know, the removal. I think I saw it on Mulberry Street. Right. The the people who are going to care are like our age or it's going to affect our, our age. And we don't care. I promise you. Right. Like people are protesting. So black people stop getting murdered and trans people and queer people, people stop getting murdered. Like, like, this is not even like a priority anywhere. It's just like, okay, this company wanted to pipe up and throw their two cents in. And like, I'm like, okay, great. Like, great. I'm not, I wasn't losing sleep over Dr. Seuss before and I'm not losing sleep over Dr. Seuss after right like am i way off here or no you're pretty much right on it like it's not and i you know i don't want to actually no i don't sound if i i don't care if i sound ungrateful it's not doing anything like it's not it's right. not and it's 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 just kind of like a sorry way to say like you know i know we're talking about Dr. shoes but it's like with the mr potato head it's like i mean that's not my place to speak but i, I can kind of guarantee you that trans people don't care about mr right potato. like I they, never, they want like... rights yeah, like I, you know, I want trans women to stop getting killed. I want trans people to stop getting killed. I want equal rights in healthcare. Like, that's what I'm out there being mad about. Like, I'm not out there being mad that a fictional plastic potato is exactly. being addressed as a mister. Like, that's not <laughs> keeping me up at night. That, honestly, it's, it's and look, look, there is a conversation to be had about you know, that side of representation and how, you know, we introduce kids to select concepts because, you know, we say, so what's okay, what's not okay for kids to know about. That's a different conversation. And if you wanted to get into that, like like I said, at best, this is a tiny good thing. And it's getting like blown up into like these crazy proportions by both sides of the, you know, the news media. And I'm just like, this does like you said, you, you hit the nail on the head. This doesn't change anything. It doesn't do anything. Like people are like black people are still being murdered in the street. It's not like, honestly, I'm sorry. It's like um, our producer, Amanda, she just um, shout out to Amanda, but she said like, oh, you, history's already been written. You can't rewrite it. You can just learn from it. If right. you just let kids know, like, okay, so back in the 1900s, this was something that was considered okay. It's not an excuse. Right. But this is this was considered okay to joke about. So this is the racial undertones of this story. So just keep that in mind when I'm reading it. 
That's it. Because the people who this is now going to affect, people who grew up on Dr. Seuss are people at our age. Four-year-old kids who are reading Canada aren't going to care. I'm sorry, they're not. And I don't They're care. not. And they're totally not. You're completely right. And it's it's the kind of thing where, like, you know, and I'm we're reading this AP News angle on it, and there have been a bunch of others, but I haven't seen anywhere Dr. Seuss Enterprises or whatever his estate calls itself. Yeah, the, yeah. Dr. Seuss Enterprises. Trying to make make good on any of this, like you're a you're a multi million dollar company. Your your language is money. Like if you wanted to make good on this, throw some of that money toward a cause that deals with racial justice. Like be like, hey, we messed up. Here's where we're sitting. You know, we're trying to make this right. We're trying to you know do right by what we're saying. Not you know, okay, we're gonna make less of these books and that's it. It's like if you're gonna. Fake it, fake it all the way. Like, do a great job. Like, just take it home. You've already started. Just, Don't stop now. Just, just like, keep going. you know, even, even if, like, you know, they think they are doing the right thing, which I don't know. I'm not inside their heads. Like, just commit. Like, don't, don't just be like, yeah, we're inclusive. That's it. Like, <laughs> honestly, Mary, what's your take on this? I have to agree that they could have done like a bunch of other things if they really cared about the um like the issue because I know that Ben and Jerry's they donated like tons of money they went to protests they were like being very vocal about where they stand but Dr. Seuss Enterprises just taking away a couple books doesn't really fight racism in any way right thank you like, like exactly like you said it like you know you're you're a multi-million dollar company like your language is money. And if you want to send a message, like put some of that money where it matters, you know, there's causes out there that, that need it. And that can, you know, are actually you, you know, trying to fight this stuff instead of just kind of making an empty promise or just an empty statement rather. It's just, you know, it's whatever. Like, this is a tiny thing. Also, I don't understand why, I mean, I do understand why. They like, should hire us as their PR team, or as our publicity team. They should. But I don't understand why the news is so on about this. Like, this is a non-issue. But that's what they're going to do, Tara. Like, first of all, I'm going to be very transparent. It was hard for us to find news stories yesterday. I'm like, what? So nothing's happening in the country? Like, I'm so confused. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, they're going to do this because what's going to happen is they're going to make it sound like, okay, well, look at Look at the blacks. They're complaining. We took out or the, you know, it's like age, racism and violence against Asians is up 1900% in this country. Not 19, not 190, 1,900. Taking away, and this is what happened on Mulberry Street, is not going to stop that violence. Educating human beings is going to stop that violence. Putting people in prison is going to stop that violence. Actually doing something is going to stop that violence. Helping protection of Asian Americans is going to stop that violence. Again, hi. If you didn't know, now you know I'm black. There's, you know, over the summer, okay, there was a huge, like every day for weeks straight, somebody was dying of violent death at the hands of the those who are supposed to protect and serve. How about you do something about that? Not cat in hat. Like that's not it's not doing anything for me. I'm sorry. Right. It's, not. it's performative. It's it's just like no one asked. And then like it it's to me like both sides of this are just 
not not of the issue. Both sides of the media are okay. are. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not a both sides or with this <laughs> or anything. Don't 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 get me wrong. I meant both sides of the people reporting on this are. You know they they're doing it in such a weird way. Like on you know the more left slash progressive side of things, they're reporting it like this is actually a big deal, and on the right, you know it's just like. You know, this is you know what what you know the that that old joke the future liberals want. Like nobody is asking for this stuff, and all of you are just going at this like this is just you know like this is some kind of end game for anybody. I don't know. It's not. We don't nobody care. Cares. Nobody cares. We really don't care, dude. We don't. We are telling jazz and terror telling we don't care. But um, yeah, that we're gonna move on from that story because uh, um. So we got a lot of wild stuff today, though. Yeah, that's what I'm like this slew of like stories. Oh, and yeah, about the um, remember last year they were like bringing up all these cartoons and trying to like get it's like this is all and I can't remember like all these cartoon actors, like white actors voicing black and other people of color voices on the cartoon. Like, why? Why would you do that? Like, when you accepted the role, you didn't know that the person was like. Right now, yeah. you're trying to tell me, okay, it's you know, you understand, but you didn't when you accepted the role, you didn't know the person was black. I mean, you I guess it's that. better than nothing, but it's also like a non issue, like, but uh, yeah, but thank you, Mary, for that. And Tara, uh, we're gonna move on because, like I said, we have a very nice, weird mix of stories for you guys today. Up next, according to CNN Entertainment, yeah, the news was very slow. Um, Golden Globe ratings sink to a record low, sounding a warning to the Oscars. All right. So um, this, so we all know the global, um, the global Golden Globes happened um, this past weekend. Um, so for those wondering what Oscar ratings may might be like this pandemic impacted year, based on the off a cliff results for Sunday's Golden Globe Awards, the forecast could be could be to look out below. Globe's ratings plummeted more than 60%. It's more than half. That's heavy from duty. From 18.3 million viewers watched last year. Per Nielsen data, that's um, that's a database that used to check TV ratings. Thank you, yeah. TVDM, Montclair. Um, thank you for How that. How you doing? Yeah, to an average audience of 6.9 million. Okay. While the Globes have had a long and uneven TV history, at times airing in syndication on cable for a time after an earlier scandal, not at all, that's the lowest tune-in since NBC acquired the broadcast rights in the 90s. Tara, give it to me. What do you think right now? I, I'm thinking that just... This, this, is, this is a really great example, right? of like once you peel back all the fun stuff about award shows that nobody actually cares about them like once you peel back like the red carpet and you know the the all the like you know the performances and like they get because that stuff is fun to me like that i love that stuff i love you know doing like fashion recaps and stuff like Mm -hmm. that's super fun but like once all that goes away and like it went away this year because nobody could meet up, nobody actually cares about the award show. Like, really I mean, relatively speaking, it's just like this, this is proof of concept, right? 
that like once you take away all the fun parts, nobody is going out of their way to watch, you know, the film industry pat itself on the back. How do you feel about this? So I, I used to be a really huge award show buff. Like I got it for my mom. Yeah. And anytime any award show would be on, we would watch it. And as I got older, like I would still watch them. But especially this past year, like the only award show I really watched was the um, BET Awards. And even then, it was just to watch some of my favorite artists perform. And they did a good job um, of like trying to do the at-home vibe virtual concert. But it's like, you know, BT, you know, musical, it's for music, you know, so that that's going to be music centered. So that's why they invest so much money in the performances. But it's like, like Tara said, you hit it on the head. Like once you peel back, because I've always wanted to go to an award show. Like I've always wanted to be, you know, somebody invited. You know, that's also a small, small part of why I was, you know, I am interested in being in the music industry. I don't sing. So, you know, I mean, I do rap, though, if you want to hire me and Tara. Um, we're we're a duo. You guys didn't know that now you know. And yeah. t- uh, Mary Mary's our DJ. Yeah. So if you want to hire us, yeah. But I'm, um, I'm the hype lady. That's you know the only the, the one that the only thing that I do on the track is be in the back like one time like <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Just I, I live in the background. Yeah, and Mary spins it for us. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's why I wanted to work in the music industry and. You know, I used to just love the glitz and the glamour, but you know, when you pull it back, you know, no tea, no shade, but it's like there's really no substance. Um, right, sixty like percent of your viewership fell. Sixty percent. Don't get me wrong; I'd still love like if somebody was like, you know, here's an invitation to the Grammys, especially the Grammys because they're music, but like, it, you know, oh, I would cool. still love to do it. But like, this is you know, for the at home viewer, this is you know. This is kind of telling. Also, again, on the subject of, you know, diversity and how the people interact with it. Uh, not even the hosts this year of the Golden Globes could stay off of them for the fact that there are literally no black people in the entire nominating body of the, of, um, the organization behind the Golden Globes. Not it was in the monologue. Not even their hosts could let Tina Fey and Amy Poehler could like stay off of them for that. Like even the hosts couldn't like let that go unacknowledged. You see what I'm talking about? Like it's it's a doggone shame. Right, and then you wonder why people aren't invested in the show. Yeah, because it's like when you're at home, it's not as fun. Like I was watching um uh Bad Boys. There was a label. Um, back in the 90s with Biggie Smalls. Do you yeah. know Biggie Smalls, Tara? Yes, I know Biggie okay. Smalls. It was just you know a dream. P-Diddy? I used to use Word okay. Up magazine, Salt and Pepper because, and Heavy D up know, in the limousine. If, if, you missed it, if you missed it last week, which means you shouldn't have, you need to, you know, keep up with us. Miss yeah. our lovely host, Tara. Said that the I got, I got dragged. That she remembers in history was big pun that's not what i said i said i was just getting hip to big pun i had no plenty of rap artists and yeah i know diddy too because you got a diddy's the guy in the back you know bad boy exactly. can't stop Thanks. won't stop is that all right with you like that's that's diddy that's scarily accurate i'm terrified um but yeah so 
he, I was watching the 25th anniversary of, of Bad Boy on YouTube. They had the, the dedication, you know, when that happens in music, sometimes they have like a dedication or whatever. So it was in 2015, so it wasn't too long ago. So I'm watching it and I'm watching the audience and I, I, I fell into a rabbit hole that day. I watched the new edition one, the marriage, but it was bad. Oh, yeah. But I fell into the rabbit hole and I was watching the audience and just how alive everybody was and maskless and not socially distant. And I was just like, you know, this is what, you know, I like to see. So if we, you know, life will, you know, the sense of normalcy will be new, but you know, if we can go back to some things like, you know, word shows, things like that, I would like that. But, you know, people aren't stupid anymore. It's like, you can't cover the wool. Come on, like, no, you mean tell me no black people directed any movies this year? Right. That were that were good. There were there were a couple of people that happened to get nominated, but the people nominating were all just like random white people. Like it's it was wild. Um I don't know, man. Like again, I would love to do it. I would love to like, you know, get all done up and go to an award show, but We've been to we went to one in um Dallas, the Marconi Awards for radio because WMSC got nominated. Hey, you see, I missed all the good stuff. Should have called. This was before Tara. you were um before bef- my time. Yeah, we uh we went down to Dallas and because we got nominated for best college station and it, you know it was cool. Like it is, and it, it's exactly that. You know, going and getting um you know doing the award show stuff and that was fun so like i you know i think award shows definitely still have a place but like number one do better number two when we're all at home i don't know if you could pull this stuff off well you know but yeah um when we come back from the break we're going to talk about another award-winning performance award-winning drama (laughs) award-winning drama Keep it right back. You are listening to 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair, and this is the morning buzz where every weekday at eight we bring you all the things. I am Tara. I am joined by my co-host. Jan. And we are about to go into this story. And I hope we could do this right because the 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 more that this went on. Like, especially at, like, we did our script session last night, right? We meet up, we link up, we go over the stories and whatever, and, like, the order. And then after that, I just kind of kept clicking around this. We talked, We t- first off, we talked about this for a while after we were done. Then, I just kept clicking around it, and this story just, like, there's, it. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. All right. So let, let's start off like let's start off with the headline, which is from CNN.com. Taylor Swift. CNN.com. Yeah, you guys. This CNN. Is, this is this is what they think is headline news to, for the day, right? Taylor Swift didn't appreciate that Ginny and Georgia joke. Uh, the singer tweeted Monday to express her displeasure with a joke included in the Netflix series Ginny and Georgia. Hey, Ginny and Georgia, 2010 called and it wants its late, lazy, deepest, deeply sexist joke back. Swift tweeted along with a caption of the joke. Uh, The joke, which was, by the way, one of the characters saying, why do you care you go through men faster than Taylor Swift? Um, She tweeted that, you know, she was, she was, it was 
lazy and deeply sexist and then went on and ended it with a very passive aggressive happy women's day women's history month i guess okay oh, tay tay so let's st- let's start unpacking shall we okay so first of all if you guys don't know this show Ginny and georgia is a show on netflix it's a new show never heard of it yeah. but the reason why say, we- if you don't know you're not alone because nobody actually cares about this show and you want to know why i think okay you know before i get into my conspiracy theories let me give the background okay so how it first came about this and this is why i think netflix is slick because they did this on purpose when i, I was first thinking heard about the it, same thing i saw this viral video and it was on twitter and um speaking of twitter you know you can definitely tweet us your opinions on any of these stories um, at WMSC, you know, tweet us. Let us know how you think of stories, you know. Uh, it's in this in the scene. It's two, I'm assuming, biracial children. And they're going about how Black and how Asian the other one is. So the boy is Chinese and white, if I'm correct. The girl, who I'm presuming is Ginny, is Black and white. Because the mother is white, but the boy was insulting her about her Blackness. And in the end, they say, and I quote, if you want to do this, let's go. Oppression Olympics, let's do it. If you watch the video, if you, you know what I'm talking about. If you if you haven't, I, I'm sorry. Just, you know, try to keep up with the joke. I thought it was like satire or something. Yeah, it's so bad. It's real, y'all. It's real. It, it's an actual TV show. And uh, that went viral for a while. Yeah, and it's also important pointing out that people have been talking about how stupid that is. And there's a tweet here from uh, right underscore wherever who said regarding this, and this is from an article from that was, you know, written about that episode where the two were trying to oppression Olympics each other. As a biracial person for the last 34 years, I've never had a conversation like this with any of my biracial or multiracial friends or acquaintances. I I don't rep all biracial folks, but this is really, really not a thing. At least not for me. This is just so cringe. Right underscore wherever I'm right. You know, I'm not biracial myself, but I see it. I see it. Mary, before I give my two cents, do you have anything you'd like to add? Because this is this is this is not this is this is just the first part this is explaining what this stupid show is exactly there's more to it yeah we haven't even gotten swifty sneaks involved yet oh my god it's i'm at a loss for words honestly (laughs) fair same here so right 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 off that um you know this is the type of show we're talking about here like this is the trash this is not this is this is not good sorry um, not sorry this is awful like yeah, what is this yeah what? and this is the show we're talking about and somewhere in there one of the characters said what do you care you go through men faster than taylor swift taylor multi-million dollar swift was so bothered by that one line that she took to Twitter to call not only them, but Netflix out. And she said it was sexist against women. It, that was lazy and deeply sexist, okay? Where do we even begin with that? Like, If we had the time, we could sit here all day, honestly, because Terry and I talked about this for like an hour or so. 
Like, we're like you're, we're... you are so imagine the ego on this woman to say that I am offended. So all women must this is offensive to all women. That's the type of ego we're talking about here. This she thinks that like because this joke is at her expense, it's at all women's expense because she's that she represents everybody. Yep. Are you serious? Are you joking me right now? You are Taylor Swift. I before I go on, what get in on this? Because I'm gonna if I don't nah, I'm gonna monologue and I don't want to (laughs) monologue. Okay, so Honestly, you know, my personal feelings for Taylor Swift, I think she's a very talented woman. There's no argument about that, whether you like her personally or not, right? Some things are just is, right? She's been in the business since she was, what, 15? She's written for countless people, so many awards, was one of the first people to successfully, well, no, I'm lying, was one of the few people who was able to successfully change genres in the public and not lose popularity. Yeah, so, you know, and not lose her popularity. You know, in recent eras, you know, because a lot of people try and change and try and be cute and it doesn't work. Um, one of the people yeah. who, who, you know, she had a, you know, it was public, definite. This is, I don't want to do country anymore. I want to do pop. Great. You know what I'm saying? But she does sometimes have this, what I like to call WF. It's white she fragility. Ooh, true facts. You know, and I, I you know, I don't want to turn it into like a, a think piece, but it's like, how of a human being but I get it you know what I'm saying if I was saying something like that joke is old and tired you know I can't tell you how to feel right but I can right. really tell you from my perspective I feel like if I this joke was made about me since 2010 we all know the Taylor Swift joke first of all old because people don't really say it anymore so you know that's how you can tell how out of touch the show is because that's a very old joke people don't joke right. about that anymore even if like, she wants and I can't it, stress this enough that we need to repeat this bears repeating this show sucks. Exactly. And people know that it sucks. Like, I bet you nobody saw the freaking scene. It was one screen grab. Right. Like, we don't know the context of the conversation. We don't know none of that. So here's, it was like, ugh, yeah. Because I'll Here's the thing, blood. right? This is the other thing. And this is, this is the key, one of the key differences for me, right? And what makes, what makes me more annoyed at Taylor Swift the more this goes on, right? She made this whole thing about her relationships and how she goes through men part of her brand. Exactly. That's what Blank Space is about, which is one of her highest charting songs, right? She talks about it in every other song, especially recently. Okay? So what... And then she turns around and gets mad when other people talk about it and joke about it. So what I see this is is if I'm not making money off of this joke, then I'm going to be mad about it. But if it's me saying it and I can sell it, we can still make the joke. Exactly. Like, it's just like, it's like, it's so hypocritical. And they, they, you know, you could say it and you can, you know, when you can, you know, make these songs and make this part of your brand and your image. But when other people do it, you're above that. Like, what is, how does that even, what does that even mean? 
Like Happy Women's History Month. I get like my head hurts. Like if you you know if you're watching a Facebook Live, hi, yo. Like my head hurts because I feel like this is this is so stupid and self centered. And I feel like you know, like I said, you can't you can't tell people how to feel. But like I'm gonna tell you, get over it, Tay Tay. It's it's all right. You You gotta get over yourself. And I'm not the we're not the first people to say this. You gotta get over yourself. Like this is ridiculous ridiculous and like, and like you said, it's a part of your brand now like the fact that you go through many like it, it, it like come on and it's like like i said nobody's made that joke in years publicly anyway so if a trash show comes and wants to make because you can tell that the show is not you know they're not, the writers are not all the way there okay if you you know what i'm talking about yeah so if they make this out of poor taste joke and if you look at the content of the show why do you care who cares and then you know, of course, because social media is what it is. Last night, you know, everybody was sounding off, and I sent you this. I texted you this after, because it actually started. It was one of those things where, like, this the, the response started trending on its own. Yeah. Todrick Hall decided to pipe up about this. Yeah, she did send this to me. Yes. Now, for those of you who don't know who Todrick Hall is. You're probably fine. He was probably too young. He was part of the dance moms thing, I think, is where he made his name. And he likes to leech off of RuPaul. That's where I knew him from. Oh, Um, I just knew him. Yeah, I knew him from stuff like that. Like I knew him as a YouTuber. Like by the way, fully you know, fully has been documented shaming women day and night. Uh, fully transphobic. Not the person that you're gonna sit down and take a lecture from. And then people talk like he doesn't even pay his backup dancers. So this is not the person I'm going to be taking a lecture from. And he decided to get in the middle of this and put his two cents in the middle and take Taylor Swift's side and start getting defensive about, you know, how women are shamed. This man. I laugh. Oh, this is the dude that was dragging Kim Kardashian in graphic detail for what happened with her and Ray J. This is the same guy, same dude, that now he wants to have a savior complex and go on and, you know, go to bat for Taylor Swift. Like, shut up. Shut up, dude. Nobody asked. Pay your backup dancers and shut up. And on that note, um, definitely let us know, you know, like I said, you know, call at us on Twitter at WMSC. You know, if you have any thoughts on any of the stories today. Yeah. And, and not to be yeah. pessimistic, you know, this is just like this all could be so easily avoided by just like do the right thing. Like Shut just up. do the right thing. You'll you'll you you'll figure it out. I, I, I can almost promise you that, you know. And- and you know, it, it, and I didn't even know all this about Todrick. I just thought he was kind of corny after a while, right? Because you know, back then, you know, in the twenty tens, I think feel like that's a little too early. Like you know, Todrick was a really big YouTuber. Like he had he had a show on. I think he had a show on MTV. Um, he did that lasted moms. all of all of uh, five episodes, I think. And um, yeah, all of, like five episodes, and he it was like the concept was like to go viral basically wasn't it yeah. like you shoot a video and hope it like that's not he's up. legendary like, corny but it's you know just do the right thing and like and mind you your know, business 
Mind your business. Tales Mind your business. Like, and this is, you know, I don't, we can, we could literally do better. And you're, you're, if you're waking up and thinking about that, you know, any of this stuff is, you know, could be done better then you're probably already doing it better. Like you're just like, there is hope for the world. Just keep, keep, just do the right thing. Just be good. It was just blown a lot out of proportion, especially when uh, Todrick jumped in. I think this all could have easily been avoided and we would have been talking more about the, um, the cringiness of the show. The show. Yeah. Then Taylor being mad about a joke that was, you know, that she obviously coins off of. So. Yeah. Tay Tay, I'm talking to you. It's okay, sis. Get over. No, don't talk to her. Um, She'll send a legal team after you. Ah, oh yeah. You know, never mind. I'm talking about a different Tay Tay. Different Taylor, Uh, a different Taylor Swift. You know, different, totally different. The but you one. know, but you know, today was a day. But you know, you get to close it on now with some, some nice sultry voices little, and little some, palate cleanse, a little sorbet called Shallow Greens. Called Shallow, our interview with Shallow Greens. They're a really cool band. We got to talk to them, and we taped it, and it's here for you. Joy. This is the Wednesday Morning Buzz crew. I am Tara with. Hi, my name is Jaslyn. How you doing? And. And Thomas, how are you guys doing? All right, and we're on the line with Shallow Green. Hello. Ooh. Hey, what's going hey, on? Hey, guys. Oh. Glad to be here. Good to have you guys here. Uh, such that it is over Zoom. You know, we do our best. Um, but before we jump in, do you guys want to yourselves like? full behind the music style, who you are, what you play. Sure. So um, I'm John, but you guys could call me Jack. I am the drummer of the band. Go for Jack. Sure. My name's Jack as well. Gets a little confusing sometimes, but um, I'm the guitarist and the lead singer. And uh, my name's Owen. I'm the uh, saxophone player from the band. Very cool. Do people ever call you Jack Squared? I think once or twice. I feel like we have, yeah. It doesn't sound like Yeah, I think we have actually. (laughs) (laughs) Little math. I like it. Fair enough. Education. WMSC brings it all. We do. We try. We try. We try. We try. You know. Um, How would you guys describe your sound? Like for people that have never heard Shallow Green, never, never heard your sound before, and they want like they want to jump in. How would you describe it? So um. We aim for a more um, progressive rock kind of feel, but the uh, inspiration that we take from is mostly from like mid to late 70s stuff. So um, we take a lot of inspiration from bands like Rush and King Crimson. So if I ever had to throw out what we kind of sound like, I would say something similar to those two bands. But yeah, we're all, we're all musicians from different backgrounds. I mean, Owen and, and John have been doing like pit orchestra stuff they've done musical theater stuff i've done musical theater stuff choir singing jazz blues rock funk like we all are we're just a celebration of music i think that's that's what we are we're like a wall of energy you know that's awesome that's awesome to have different background music styles oh. uh, yeah it's it's really cool like i we listened to your song 
before we jumped on the interview, we listened to Scarlet Hands a little bit, which is cool. I get like um like a seventies kind of funk vibe from that almost. Yeah, you know? yeah. Our bass player, I mean, he's into those like Motown kind of lines, like that funk kind of stuff, Earth Wind Fire and all that. Mm. So, yeah, we like to groove a little bit, you know. Yes, sir. Do you think that that helps your your overall sound? knowing that you pull from different genres and different decades i do think that's what makes you guys different oh yeah definitely yeah yeah with a, when you have a little bit of everything just the music changes in ways you don't really expect it to and it's just it's interesting it keeps you on your toes it's fun totally and to that end uh scarlet hands has a lot of really cool horn stuff in it which i dig um what uh how did you guys like i, I feel like the, the rock scene today is very much about like three four piece clean guitars two guitars at best how did you how did you guys decide to like branch out into that type of stuff and add more instruments and sounds what, what was the process for that so it's funny right because um we actually started off as a five piece we had a separate lead singer and we had a keyboard player but uh the keyboard player couldn't keep on doing it and um the singer uh he we Sadly, had to kick him out of the band because he wasn't he wasn't up to, you know, what we wanted to be. He just didn't show up. And, um, it kind of sucked. <laughs> you know that too. He was he was not consistent. But um, yeah, have been on the radio with you guys right now. Dang, you <laughs> got a huge opportunity. Sorry. Sir. <laughs> yeah, but it, it it was cool because um, me, Jack, and Steve, um, we would get together still, and we would just jam out to blues tunes and write some stuff for fun and then I uh Owen was a friend of mine from high school so I was like let's call him up I, he's a great musician he'd love to jam with us and then we just kind of clicked and we went from there that's awesome yeah. uh just a, another question for you guys is there any story or significance behind your name shallow green is there a meaning there <laughs> uh Jackie want to get this yeah. one um it's kind of a secret. We kind of keep it on the hush. Um, we can't exactly disclose that information, but give us a uh, little exclusive, a little tea. A little okay. I love secret names. Go a ahead. little bit. <laughs> well, just for you guys, just for you guys. <laughs> well, we were bouncing around some ideas for names, and we a little fun thing about us is that we like to come up with a bunch of like bogus stories for what the name actually means and one time we're like what are we going to tell people like if they ask what our band name means and we're like oh you know like you know like in ground pools how they get all like dirty and like green like that's what we say like our band is named after <laughs> like a shallow green pool and it's just like all gross and disgusting so we just we like to we like to make people think about the name but um it's kind of like the Beatles, like the Beatles doesn't really mean anything. It's just, it's just a name, you know? We don't really think about Shao Green as like a significant thing, like as much as like being named Jack at like birth, you know? So it's just a, just something we go by. Sounds cool. Fair enough. <laughs> you know? So we've had a couple interviews over the pandemic talking about how, you know, the live music scene is totally like, pieces right now because of the pandemic so what is what has it been like for you guys what's your experience been like trying to keep the band going and like keep creating what what have you guys been doing 
So um, the beginning of quarantine was especially difficult because we had no idea what to do because I imagine, you know, nobody's went through this before. So the first few months were very difficult because we ourselves were quarantining from each other, trying to stay safe, not trying to get sick. And when we finally got together and started doing stuff, we were writing music slowly. We had to, um, you know, we couldn't rehearse every week because we had to be extra careful. We had some COVID scares, so on and so forth. But um, now we've uh, come up with ideas. We come up with plans to um, really drive our social media and YouTube and stuff like that. And we're actually recording ourselves playing music constantly. Uh, we have uh, studio equipment in my basement so we can get a good sound out of it. And uh, we're going to be putting stuff on YouTube consistently. That's so that. That was our overall plan. Sweet. That's awesome. And I know during the pandemic, especially for like, you know, like I want to say independent, up and coming, soon to take over the world type of band, it can be difficult because, you know, music thrives on seeing you guys in person, right? So while you guys are, you know, consistently rehearsing, um, how is your typical music process and how has it changed, you know, besides the everyday, I mean, the every week rehearsal, like how has it changed? Um, during the pandemic, like, you know, how you write music, lyrics. Yeah, totally. Um, at the beginning, it was a lot more sending ideas back and forth. Usually, like, you know, I'd come up with, like, a chord progression, and then I'd bring it to these guys, and then they'd be like, oh, like, that's terrible. Let's make it completely different, you know? <laughs> um, that, our process was pretty organic, where, like, everyone had, like, a... Um, it was more like it was quicker before the pandemic you know with the pandemic things down now we're sending files back and forth we're um we're recording our stuff before we we let each other hear it um so i feel like it's become a bit more polished you know kind of just filtering out some of the weaker ideas um but now that we've been getting together more consistently and i mean like other than the band like they're the only people like we really see you know, because this is all we do. So, you know, we've been be, we've been able to start picking up the pace again as far as coming up with content, you know, giving our fans something to look forward to. And we're working really hard right now. So that's the goal. Perfect segue, because I want to know from you guys what's what's up next? Like what is even though everything's so uncertain right now, what do you guys have that's coming out new? What's your plan for the year? which you got it's usually way easier because of usually like oh what are the next couple tour dates or whatever but like now yeah that could be in like a year so what's what's up next for shallow green so we're putting up our first um youtube video of four videos uh on friday the 19th of uh, one of our original tunes uh please take your seat and um no, we're really happy with how that came out and, and it's good. We recorded uh, three other songs and we're going to put them out a few weeks apart. And that way we keep content consistent and have something for people to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And even with this whole like quarantine, I, I, you saw apps like Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, like people are spending more times on their devices more than ever. So I think it kind of helps us to have a direct communication you know, if this happened, if we were banned in the 1950s or something, then we wouldn't have that direct communication with with people if something like this were to happen. 
you know, but we're, we're very lucky and fortunate to be able to, you know, share funny videos and, and share moments of us rehearsing or, or silly pictures or just us playing music, you know, it, it's really satisfying as a band to, to, to make people smile like that and to see them enjoy and engage, you know, what we're giving them. So it's, it's really been a blessing in, in disguise. Uh, I'd like to propose a hypothetical to each of you if you each want to take a turn answering. Uh, if you had to pick a dream collaborator, someone in the music industry to work with, anyone at all, who would who would each of you pick? That's a good one. So like just anyone, like as crazy famous anyone, as they may be? As crazy famous as they might be. Yeah. Phil Collins. Ooh. Excellent. <laughs> just straight up. Choice. Excellent choice. Yeah, I'd love to sit down with him and, and pick his brain of how he writes music. Because, uh, you know, as a drummer, and he, he's like a drummer writing music, so he, how he writes music is very was very different for his time, and I'd be very interested to pick his brain and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. All right, love that. Love. <laughs> Genesis, did you enjoy that? Oh, oh yeah. dude, I'm the biggest Genesis fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, we'll go on to other Jack, if you want. All right. Ooh. This is hard because, you know, I'm a singer and a guitar player, so it's like I'm kind of torn, you know? I, I love Led Zeppelin, like huge Led Zeppelin fan. So I would be very fortunate to be able to, to meet with, like, somebody like Jimmy Page and be like, how do you come up with those licks on guitar? Right. He's the... To hear, um, or like people commonly compare my voice to like Getty Lee from Rush. And like, I would really like to to know how he constantly is in that higher register of his voice without like screaming or blowing it out. It just, it amazes me. So it's gotta be one of those two guys. They're just my heroes. Great. And Owen, did you have someone? Oh uh, yeah, this is probably wildly different for me because I play saxophone in a rock band. Uh, there's not many uh, people who kind of fit that description, um, <laughs> but I would probably go for someone like John Coltrane. Um, Excellent I mean, choice. I know it's more in the jazz element, but uh, you make it work. And I think some of the things that he writes um, are really melodic and can be applied to a lot of different genres. And I'd love to kind of see um, what he would recommend in terms of like what we're doing and what we could be uh, continuing to do in the future. I want to see you like guys with like a Brian Eno type person. I think that could be cool. Like, or like a Daniel Lanois, like one of those producers that's real good at like playing with a lot of different sounds and like different ideas and stuff that's not, you know, in the box. I think you guys would kill it with somebody like that. Thank you. Yeah, we like to get a little weird um, with our music. It's definitely. You know, I mean, like Owen was saying, like, there's not a lot of bands that that have saxophone or jazz influences, uh, especially in today's modern age. So, yeah, I think like, you know, sometimes we'll just throw crazy noises in the background of our songs or I like kick on all my pedals. I'm like, what what crazy noise can I make? You know, but that's just us, you know, even me myself, like when um they first uh, auditioned me for the band, they're like, yeah, we're starting a. A rock band uh, this was about two years ago and i was like and you and you want me to play saxophone in your rock band and they're like yeah and so like even myself i was like i don't know if that's going to necessarily work but uh it, we seem to be making it work and uh the fact that we do i think definitely separates us from a lot of uh, other groups 
and it makes us unique. And I, I like that about us. Totally. And it, it, it never sounds out of place either. Like it never sounds like you're like, Oh, we needed to fit this dude in. Like it's, it always, it's always, it's, it's very cohesive sounding. It's really good. I almost think of Owen as like, um, like a second singer almost, you know, cause like I'll, I'll be singing and then he'll be playing something on sax. It's like a, it's like another voice. It's like having another person sing. So yeah, we always try to just, um, we just let him do his thing. He always comes up with something great. And um, yeah, like you said, it never feels forced. It's always very organic, just meshes. That's beautiful. And you know, I love sounds like that because sounds that you really don't think would go together like rock and hip hop, right? Like they're very similar, but a lot of people didn't realize that until walk this way. You know, like a lot of sounds can marinate and sound amazing. I'm glad you guys took the risk because I, you know, I love it. So um, I'm just now kind of getting into a lot of rock, funk. Like I'm just now getting into those sounds. So, you know, you guys are the first on my list so I can slowly ease my way in. So speaking of, you know, the type of music you guys make and you guys being very unique, like what are some of the, um, or what is, like some feedback that you guys have gotten from people that you would have never expected that would listen to your music? Um, like what has your reception been like so far? Hmm. So I never really thought about that. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I told you WMSC, we bring the thinkers. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I get up on stage and make noise and people <laughs> clap, you know, that's been the general <laughs> reaction. You know, actually once, but, um, I mean, once people moshed at one of our concerts, <laughs> I never expected that to happen before. So <laughs> something. that was like one of our last shows before yeah. COVID. Oh, that was yeah. our second to last show before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So that caught me off guard. Yeah. Because we're That's not cool. like, we're not like a metal band, you know, we're not like super heavy, but yeah. I feel like our, it's more like the emotional content of our music drives people to just feel, you know what I'm saying? I've had a lot of people come up to me after shows and, and up to the rest of the guys. And they're just like, like, oh, that last song you played. And it's like, it's a really like chill and like somber song, except for a couple parts. But they're like, that last song just like really resonated with me. And as an artist, like, it's, it's just amazing to, to hear something like that, you know? And even with Scarlet Hands, like, I'm going to be honest, it's not even one of my favorite songs that we've written. And people have come up to me like a year later and, and been like, this song changed my life, you know? So it's, it's very, it's very nice to hear stuff like that. You know, we've had our fair share of, you know, criticism as well, but um, in general, I feel like, like I said, with the whole emotional content thing, I think we really, we make people feel stuff with our music. It's not just noise, you know? I mean, maybe it is sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> it's noise with a purpose, right? That's the goal though. Like, Again, that's that's really cool to hear you guys say that because connecting with people, I feel like not everybody, not every artist that comes through, you know, gets that. Like that's what it is before anything else, before you know what what this song's supposed to sound like or, or any of that. You got to connect with people and get it. So to see you guys getting that is it's good. It inspires hope. Absolutely, man. So thank you guys, Shallow Green, for coming through cannot wait to see the new stuff you put out on your youtube and the stuff you're doing on socials and once we can live shows it'll be amazing 
For Thomas and Jazz, I'm Tara on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair.